0: hello everyone and welcome to the change podcast in today's episode we have finn keuler whom i met in berlin and who aims to empower individuals to become creators and shapers of their own paths he has recently embarked on a storytelling journey Together with his team, he travels around the world and explores the human futures of work and education innovations. Make sure to check out the Future of Work documentary for inspiring stories from all over the world on how people react and adapt to change. In this episode, we talk about why do we need to talk about futures of work in the first place. We reflect on the global inequality in this context of constant change and taking responsibility as a core skill in the 21st century okay welcome Finn to the Changemakers podcast it's really uh, an honor uh, really to have you uh, on on this in in this conversation and I'm really looking forward to pick up your brain on what you do and what you want to uh, achieve so welcome Um, thank you (laughs) uh, so first uh, let's just start with you introducing yourself your background, uh, and then kind of what you're currently busy doing, and why do you do that?
1: <laughs> Good question. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. My name is Finn, Finn Kuller, and I studied journalism originally. And I traveled the past year to explore the future of work and education on many different levels. So we were looking for solutions to problems we have here in Germany, but which are rising all over the world. And we wanted to gather knowledge from other places to bring it back to Germany to solve some problems here. What drives me to do this is that we're living in a world which basically changes faster than ever before. And we as a society and in many other different parts of our society, especially in education and in context work, need to adapt to this change.
0: Yeah, sounds good. I think it's a issue everywhere, as you mentioned before. Um, yeah. What kind of, you know, frustrated you within the German education system, or you know, in, in this status quo that kind of uh, drove you? Okay, now I need to go and explore more uh, to collect these stories to, to make a change.
1: I mean, the education system in Germany is completely disconnected to reality. So we're sitting in classrooms. And we have 25 to 30 people sitting at the same desk, but they are completely different people. So they have to learn the same things. They have to sit in a closed classroom. They are not able to collaborate with other classmates, but instead they are looking to to the front of the room where the teacher is standing and telling them what the world is about and pretending to know everything. So this was the starting point for me, which I experienced in my school time. And then it continued in university where it got a little bit better. But there was still this hierarchy approach and we weren't able to study in teams. And, but instead we had to write exams where you have to tick boxes instead of making constants from sources you gather and collect and then combine knowledge. And another point is that you're not allowed to find your interests. You get all this, this stuff, you get the content the content and you, yeah, it's filling you and the teacher is trying to fill you, but you never have the chance in our education system to really find out what you want to do. And this is a big problem.
0: I can totally relate to that. I've experienced uh, the same uh, system coming from from Eastern Europe, (laughs) where you're always, you know, 25 to 30 people in a class and there are rights and wrongs and uh, yeah, I I totally can relate to that. (laughs) Um, going a little bit uh, further into the past, uh, you mentioned that you went to study journalism. Um, what kind of drew you to, to that area?
1: What drew me in was I studied geography first and I wanted to have an impact on the world. wanted to create change. And geography was a really interesting subject to study with many different layers that interested me, like. Um, the migrant crisis for example in Germany which was a topic we discussed a lot Um, climate change was a big topic in geography so all these topics which are affecting us all the time and we tried to find solutions but there was no way to really develop own solutions or communicate them but you had to focus on theory again and you had to sit in in different classrooms in the auditorium to listen to professors and teachers who pretended to know better than you and then I made the shift to study journalism because I thought I could, yeah, create a way of telling stories that would inspire people to do something on their own instead of just listening to the people that are yeah, known to have the knowledge, known to have the power. And yeah, the the studies in journalism were a first step, but uh, at university, studying journalism, you do not move that fast forward. You have to find your own projects on the side to really develop your own style, but to also reach people while studying. And that's why we started this this journey to explore the future of work and education on our own and travel with the camera around the world.
0: Sounds amazing. <laughs> you mentioned this uh, uh, this phrase that uh, you know you you want to collect stories and share them to inspire others. Uh, What would you say um, is the importance uh, of having stories in our day-to-day life? And what is their impact? Oh,
1: I think it couldn't be bigger. The impact couldn't be bigger. Because stories are what, what we as people live for, I think. We want to create our own stories. We want to listen to stories. And even certain boring topics can be told in stories and seem so much more interesting or become so much more interesting. So stories play a big role in our life. And I mean, whole history, the whole history of our society is told in stories, basically. So many cultural goods are told in stories. So it's kind of the, the fundament of what we're telling and how we communicate. It's always connected to a story. And that is why we have to use this power of storytelling to inspire people to do positive change, for example. Instead of just telling them bad news, for example, uh, we have to really find the inspiring stories to get the people going and do something on their own.
0: Yeah, awesome. <laughs> totally agree. That's one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast as well, <laughs> to share stories. Um, you mentioned a lot about, or like you talked about, the future of work, and future of learning. Uh, why do you think we even have to talk about a future of work uh, what from your experience and, you know, from, from your interactions with other people, what are the problems with the old work?
1: <laughs> so we started with the topic of the future of work and the future of education. Right now we we are sure that we have to talk about the futures because there are many possible futures that could come out of what we are doing and creating today. And why is it so important that we talk about this topic? Because if we do not talk about it and if we just let other people shape it, we lose the right to to shape it in a way we want to shape it. So we have now the point in time where we can still decide what kind of future we want. So that's why, why we are talking about futures. But we have to yeah, start acting in a way that makes us makes us achieve as a society or as people or as a single human being this desirable future we want to have
0: hmm. what would you say is your desirable future of work <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a tough question because we don't know how it could look like and i for at least my part am living kind of a future i would want to continue to live in relation to my work my private life but I think I'm dreaming of a future where everyone at least has the chance to become self-efficient self-efficient and is able to become a creator a creator of their own private life where they can make the choices or the creator of a work life where they can shape and, and share something with others so that's definitely what I'm what I'm hoping for and this means that we have not have to give people now the chance to try out what they actually want to do and not just learning for jobs that won't be there anymore in the future or are stuck in jobs where they do not really want to work we have to to find alternatives
0: mm-hmm. yeah, sounds good um, can you tell me a little bit more about this initiative you started I mean I know there is a documentary I know there is Uh, some workshops happening but can you just you know tell me a little bit more about uh, what you do basically within this project and uh, yeah share some stories maybe from all these uh, initiatives that you encountered in your travels
1: yeah of course so all in all it's a big exploration of the futures of work and therefore the futures of education as well And it happens on many different levels. We're on one side uh, creating workshop concepts and programs for companies to help them deal with the changes of, of our times. And we're trying to make teams better, working better together, empowering people that are lower in the hierarchy to take responsibility and actually shape the companies they're working in because these are the people shaping our society as well. And then we are also developing, if we see problems arising, problems, uh, solutions to problems like products or services that we develop on our own. And to combine this all with the knowledge that is outside in the world um, and to have this look around what is happening outside of our bubble here in Berlin as well, we started this exploration where we actually gathered knowledge, where we are shooting this documentary series and where we write reports for foundations, for example, to tell them, okay, this is going on. And we have to do this to actually create change in Germany. And it, yeah, and there were a lot of many, a lot of different and inspiring stories. I cannot count them all. Um, we talked to over 70 people so far on our travels. And one really inspiring story for us was definitely to meet Frithjof Bergmann, who's the founder of the term New Work in the beginning and we met him in Detroit and he told us that all this this talk in Germany and the United States and basically all over the world about New Work is completely wrong because New Work is right now used as a term to make people feel maybe a little bit better at work but in the end they should work more for the company they're working in. And the original idea and yeah, I, I really support this one of new work was that we have to find solutions and places to give people alternatives when automation comes in. So in Detroit, GM replaced, I think, 80,000 people over a couple of years with machines. And mm-hmm. these people will just set out onto the streets. And of Bergmann then developed an idea of creating new work centers where these people could come in for half a year and try different jobs, try things they want to work with, with try machines and materials, uh, relearn some, some skills to find out what they really, really want to do. And this really struck us that we have to empower people to do the same, give them the tools at hand to really find what they want to do and how they can change their environment or the environment in general. Um, but this is just one of many different inspiring stories we went to. And we have a episode about this as well online right now. We went to Gospain and Aarhus in Denmark, where they built a cultural production center, which is the largest in Europe. And they empower the whole society to try things out. So it looks like a really big workshop. It's an old freight yard. And everyone can just walk in and use the machineries with the help from subsidized people which were too old to be hired by other companies and still too young to be retired, and they employ them with a subsidized job by the state, and they show other people how the machines work. They help them with their finances and the stuff. So this was also really inspiring, and there are so many more stories. Uh,
0: like definitely, this. definitely sounds sounds super interesting. <laughs> um, I'm curious, um, have you actually already noticed maybe some patterns in all the stories that you've heard because you've been to so many places? Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. So we started with thought, okay, technology is shaping the future or the futures. And this was definitely wrong. Technology is driving this discussion because it moves forward, but it always has moved forward. So we had the same discussion with the industrialization where people lost their jobs because of machines coming in. But it's in the end, it's all about the human beings and the human skills. So we as human beings, if we have the right ideas and if we collaborate, we can actually define how the future should look like and how we want to collaborate with the machines or how, how we want to use them instead of just running away from responsibility and trying to hide and Trying to find ways how to stay in the same job. Instead, we should, and that's the next the next pattern. Um, focus on lifelong learning. So we always have to reinvent ourselves. And basically, everyone we talked to pointed out that lifelong learning is the essential skill. So it's like like a meta skill where you have to learn to learn on your own. And this was really interesting because from all the different sectors, whether being at AI. Specialists to, yeah, not not for profit organizations, and told us, okay, if we want to to shape the future, or if we want to play a role as human beings in the future, we have to adapt to lifelong learning.
0: Makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's something that I really also believe in, and I want to. Uh, inspire and empower others, you know, to engage in this lifelong learning process because it's also part of being human. You know, just staying curious and wanting to to know more about the world around us. Um, what is your opinion on, um, yeah, let's say global inequality and this trend of automation and future of work? Uh, sometimes I feel like it's kind of a trend or a discussion happening more, you know, in countries like Germany, let's say, or Denmark or in the US. Uh, Because we have a certain, I guess, level of development that we can afford to think about this. Um, From your experience, maybe, or or from, yeah, what is your opinion on this global inequality and the future of work? How do we empower, let's say, um, low-skilled workers in poorer countries who maybe didn't even have access to education in the first place to deal with this change uh, in the work field?
1: That's a really hard question. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to answer it from from some perspective. Yeah. So one way, and we're seeing it right now, is the term crowd work, where people from all over the world gather online to work on certain topics. And there happens a knowledge exchange between different cultures and different people. So there are many different platforms out there that post for example, design challenges, and then people from all over the world come together to solve this problem, solve the issue. And this could be a way how we could empower people from countries that haven't been empowered before, and also to exchange knowledge between countries or societies where education played a bigger role in the past. And of course, online learning is a big opportunity. And we see people in in Africa where they do not even have uh, Wi-Fi. They have mobile internet. So they have 4G already and they do not have any Wi-Fi connections and can access online learning communities, um, online classes over this. But I think what is really important is that we have to rethink education in general. We could not just bring the education system we have in Germany or in most parts of Europe to other countries because we have... To adapt to to the yeah personal interests of the people, we have to adapt to the to the cultural contexts, and we really have to to find a way to create an education system or a new understanding of education and learning that makes it yeah possible for everyone to find their own path in the system, because there are so many talented people which do not have access to jobs right now because they did not go the classical education way if you can call it like this and did not climb the ladder so yeah we really have to think rethink education in in this context completely we have to create an adaptive education system and that doesn't mean that we just have to create it for other parts of the world but if we want to have global equality we have to create it for for every part of the world. So, and we definitely have to start here in Germany, where we are still educating people like in the 18th century. And this is really crazy to me that it's still a thing. And if we can make a step forward there, we also will be able to deal much better with the changes in context to the future of work. Because if we educate people to act creatively, to think freely, to improvise, to take responsibility for their own learning and then combine it with a knowledge exchange because we should start intergenerational learning, for example, um, we can also profit from from the so-called old knowledge from other people and integrate it as children, for example, develop our own ideas out of it, uh, combine it with our interests to then actually develop solutions for tomorrow.
0: Great, uh, awesome ideas. Uh, what do you think are the skills um, that we should uh, empower individuals with?
1: That's really a really tough question. <laughs> so you can always talk about creativity, for example, and that is definitely needed. But I think the most important skills are actually to, yeah, being able to take over responsibility and to improvise because we have so many changes coming up and we have to reinvent ourselves all the time and it needs a lot of responsibility for this and also yeah the skill to to deal with yeah uncertain situations where you do not know where the next step may take you but you have to be open for this and of course communication skills are super important i mean many of the most successful people are definitely not the smartest on terms when it comes to iq for example but they're really good communicators and really good storytellers for example uh, there's always this example of Elon Musk for example and, and everyone talks about it I think it's a bit boring but in this context it fits because he's mm-hmm. telling stories about what he's doing and that makes him successful mm-hmm. and his ideas are not not the best but he's he's creating a story out of it and this sells and this creates solutions and gets money to to find new ways to deal with changes Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and we have to empower people to do that in their own environment where they actually can have a positive impact on the people around them instead of creating a rocket to fly to mars (laughs) (laughs) this could be a goal in the end but i think it's much more important that we transfer these skills such successful people have to empower people in their everyday life Mm -hmm. to create change
0: exactly um, would you say then that storytelling is kind of the you know the first step towards inspiration and then towards change
1: yeah in a, in a certain way it definitely is because as I mentioned in the beginning we all react to stories in our own personal ways and this makes stories so powerful we, if we tell a story we do not know what people will make out of it but we can try to inspire people and we should try to inspire people with it and we can include so many hints and so much knowledge and so many skills in our storytelling, and we can teach and learn so much better if we have the stories around it.
0: Yeah. Um, what was maybe a surprising moment for you in all this? You know, interviews you had with people around the world. Is there something you know that you didn't expect, or yeah,
1: yeah, definitely, definitely. We started, I, I'm really young, and <laughs> I don't have the biggest track record heard. So we started sending out emails to, yeah, just to get a first contact to people. And the response was overwhelming. All the people reacted, yes, definitely such an interesting topic, such an important topic. Come visit us, talk to us. Um, so it was really just for us, the only only big step then was to pack the camera and jump on the first train to go to Scandinavia, for example. And this was really amazing. People invited us to their homes to talk about the future of education and work. People let us stay at their, their offices overnight and really empowered us to create something which could then inspire, us, inspire others. So this was, was really amazing and super powerful.
0: It's yeah, awesome uh, i can also relate to that uh, when i started this series of interviews i was a little bit scared you know it, there was always this thought of what if these people are not going to answer who am i <laughs> to send an email to this person um, and then i just realized that people are just so open and really want to share their thoughts and ideas so yeah that was a really cool experience as well <laughs> um what would you say was your biggest learning so far
1: The biggest learning was probably, and it's connected to what I said before, that if you have a great idea and if you really take responsibility, you just have to start and and see where life takes you. Because there are so many opportunities and you can always say, "Mm, I might start next week. I might need to know more, but you can learn so much on the way by trying things out. And this is really, yeah, the biggest learning of it all that if you want to change something you have the power to do it and even if it's your personal environment start with your friends start with your family try to inspire them and learn on the way and it really will will take you further
0: mm-hmm. yes it always starts with a tiny little step <laughs> um well this project is about change makers and uh i've been in asking people um, around the world, um, what do they perceive as changemakers? So I'm curious to pick your brain on what do you think of when I say changemaker?
1: So basically, a changemaker could definitely be everyone. But for me right now, in my perception, the real changemakers are the people who are inspiring and guiding other people to change and through change. So, everyone is a change maker, but they're, yeah, somehow leaders of change. You could call them who are definitely giving people the right tools and knowledge at hand to create change in their environment. And yeah, that's definitely how how I would define a change maker right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there a name popping into your mind when you think of a change maker or a leader of change?
1: <laughs> um, not really, because I. not like name dropping in this context (laughs) but a real change maker in my life was was my best friend and colleague Mm. and he really inspired me to do things differently and i think it's not about big names but it's about the people who are sending others on a journey for example or who are inspiring others to start their own projects um, to to do social good in your in your society and your environment so it's really about the act of of leading change, and not about the name of people.
0: Definitely, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> um, um, uh, yeah, so I, I wanted to actually to ask before, but then uh, my mind went in a, in another direction. Um, so he started this uh, documentary series uh, about you know asking people around the world uh, about their view on future of learning and their view of future. Of work on what they're currently doing uh, towards that Um, and um, I also read in your bio that you you decided to focus on video as a medium to story uh, to tell stories Um, yeah why video and what do you think it will take us in the future why is it such a powerful tool
1: for us it was the perfect fit because we wanted to show solutions And on one side, yes, if you talk about solutions that can already be inspiring, super inspiring, actually. And podcasts, for example, are a really interesting format that will become even bigger thing, at least in Germany, Mm -hmm. over the next few years. But video was the choice for us because we wanted to show places as well. And we wanted to show the people behind projects. And if we visit a a school, for example, and we want to to inspire others to maybe build a school like this or be inspired by this. We have to show how the school actually looks because for some people shaping education in Germany, it does seem crazy to create a a school where there are no classrooms. And that's why we took a camera, filmed it and showed, okay, this can actually work. You meet on project desks, for example, instead of Mm -hmm. in classrooms. And... Oh, that's crazy! The school is is a workshop. How does it look? And some some things you cannot communicate that great via text, via photos, and via audio. But mm-hmm. you have to integrate the video to get a wholesome picture and really give inspiration to people.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, how would you define impact? <laughs>
1: Really, really interesting question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think impact is really hard to define because you can have positive impact, you can neg- have negative impact. Mm-hmm. Um, I would define it in this context right now and in this episode where we're actually talking about this. Mm-hmm. Impact is about inspiring others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This could be the first impact and... If everyone would inspire everyone else to do something good, this would be the greatest impact we could have.
0: Definitely. Achieve the snowball effect. <laughs> um, yeah, you yeah, say impact is when you inspire someone else. Um, yeah. How do you know that you inspired someone else? Or do you have Many to know?
1: Race? <laughs> you, d- you do not always have to know. You can inspire people without noticing it, for example. And especially if you're yeah sending your message out via social media you won't have contact to everyone else but sometimes you get feedback and this is really nice if someone calls you or or comes to you and says hey thank you for this, this note last week and thank you for this episode it was super inspiring i took this step to to support my family more for example or to learn from my grandparents and this initial feedback from some people reacting to the content you produce but also to what you you spoke with them about is is really amazing because then it is on a personal level and this is yeah po- probably the most important kind of feedback you can get
0: mm-hmm. the
1: personal feedback
0: yeah um, what um, yeah what what do you Want (laughs) what is the change you would like to see in your lifetime?
1: I would love to see people become more self-efficient so that they are able to to be actually creators and, and shapers of their own story and environment. That would be the change I want to see because right now people are running away from responsibilities. People are stuck in jobs they do not really want to do and if that if I could see that change, that change that really empowers people to this was would be amazing.
0: Awesome. And a final question to end on an inspirational note. <laughs> um, how do you define success for yourself?
1: Mm, success for myself is really valued on the impact I have on my, my best friends, my personal environment. I th- think it's really interesting to try to affect other people around the world, for example. But success for me is is really to, yeah, making, making the life of the people around me a little bit better and interacting with them and having good relationships. And... This is definitely the, the core of what success means to you. And then there are yeah, many different factors that play in. If I would be able to make the world a little bit better, at least in my personal environment, this would be also a great success. But it's not these, these classical successes like getting the most paying job or climbing the hierarchy. <laughs> it's definitely focused on, on people, and <laughs> human beings around me
0: yeah uh, awesome uh, it's it's really great for me to hear so many so many people actually uh shifting this focus from careers and work and climbing the ladder and i don't know hitting some number to just being kinder to each other so uh, yeah thank you for that uh and final question <laughs> what um, would be the advice that you would give to younger people you know who are maybe just still students or you know still in high school what uh, is the advice that you'd give them that maybe you would have liked to have when you were their age
1: yeah definitely go out there and explore and this does not mean that you have to travel the world but look outside the window um, see where where life can take you and really explore all the different relations you have explore your environment and really be open to through everything ask the right questions and see what is coming out of it
0: awesome well thank you so much for all this uh, inspiring uh, thoughts i think it would be great uh, yeah episode uh, around the, the topic of work and future of work so thank you a lot for sharing your ideas yeah thank you for having me it was a pleasure mm-hmm. Thank you everyone for listening this is the changemaker podcast a series of interviews with people driven to create a positive impact in their communities and the world if you like this episode make sure to reach out stay positive follow your dream and make this world a better place see you next week